I don't see the value in spring break. So Carson, I'm wondering, what do you think? The reason why spring break is necessary for students is because some, we just needed time, like a, a period of time so we can take in the information that we have learned so far in our classes. And we can also catch up on assignments if we're behind. If you make students like complete like the whole entire semester or like quarter, whatever you want to talk about without any breaks, their ability to take in information, their like utility is what I want to talk about. Like I want to phrase it as it will, it will decrease exponentially compared to if, if they did have a break, I would feel like their ability to retain information and just to, um, then also to do their assignments and stuff and just be like on task. It's, it would be a lot better. Wait, wait, wait a second, Carson. So, so I will, let, let me get this straight because I, I, maybe I'm watching the wrong movies. Uh, is spring break is that's a time when students take that week and they're like, let me think about all the things that I've learned during the first half of this semester. Yeah, you're talking about part, <laughs> like the movies where they party and, and, and all that stuff for you know spring break. I think that we would have to narrow our gaze down to the students who are like have goals in mind who are focused on achieving like a career later on that's like high paying like engineer whether that be like you know biochemist or because those students in those movies we reason why we should not focus on them is because we do they are i don't think they really care about like where they're going to end up in life if anyone wants to this i think that makes perfect sense yeah and i'm, I'm only half kidding there i, I mean the reality of miracosta college students, community college students in particular, they're, they're, it, it's probably not all parties, right? Like that's not the image that you get of the community college, but oh, no, it's, probably, not at all. it's probably some time for students to recoup and take care of family responsibilities, a, right. a chance to, just, to recharge. Exactly. It's like to get problems out of the way that would affect their, uh, you know, their school year. And then they can just focus on doing all their uh, assignments and stuff. Or school, like they just get like all the partying out so that they can, um, you know, hang out with friends and just like, that's another thing. Yeah, they could hang out with friends and they could have trips that they would have had during school year. Like if you make it so that they have that break, then they can do all that stuff. If they didn't have that break, it would be they'd have like trips and stuff probably still planned throughout the school year. Right. And then that would make it so that they weren't, they probably missed something for one of their classes and then that they'd be behind. And then that contributes to them getting like lower grade, maybe at the end of their class or their class. Right. And what I'm hearing there is a lot of like, uh, you know, catching up on work and things like that. Yeah. And, and as instructors, we're doing the same thing, right? Like we, we need that week to kind of get caught up on grading and make sure that we could prepare. Kayla, how are you thinking about spring break? And is it something that we need because of the reasons Carson's talking about? Or is it something that uh, maybe it's just we could just plow on through and, and maybe just keep the semester going during that time. Yeah, so I am in huge favor of having spring break. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. Oh, my. <laughs> I 100% agree with Carson. I feel like we have like it's definitely a time for students and teachers to get caught up on the work um, at the same time. I feel like it's also a mental break for everyone because during the first semester you have Thanksgiving and you have Christmas, but then the second semester um, you have that one week where you can finally kind of just breathe a little bit. And I want to add on to the point of, you know, the students who go and party or go on trips. It's kind of like, 
I mean, everyone has some sort of professional life and then they have an academic life, but we also need like our personal and social lives. So I think even if that week is used to have fun, I think like people need that just to, you know, get it out of their system and then go back to their academic life. I feel like without spring break, it would just cause a lot of burnout. And I feel like maybe students wouldn't be able to keep going as well as teachers. For me, if I went to an institution or a school that took away spring break or Christmas break or any break, <laughs> honestly, I would think about leaving. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's a really good like mental reliever that everyone needs. <laughs> and Mona, you feel the same? No. <laughs> I just, you know, I hear you guys out and I see, you know, <laughs> I get why you're huge advocates, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, the, the break that we have in the fall semester is literally towards the end. So you, you, so you kind of know that the end is approaching and you're kind of just ready to go and have like this long break and just enjoy your time. And I feel like it's not like you have worse grades or worse outcomes in the fall but somehow I feel like a lot of people focus on spring break and that one week that's in between I just think that if we get rid of that one week and just have and just like finish it finish our semester sooner and just have more weeks in the summer I would just love that it's just I feel like I can go on a trip and then instead of having like two weeks of summer I can have like three weeks that's one point. And the other point is that when I have that one, one week where I get to do anything I want, I feel like my head just goes into vacation mode. And it's so hard for me to kind of get back on track and just focus on what I was doing. Because right now I'm just like, oh, I wish the semester was like ending sooner. And I wish I had two weeks of spring break. And it just makes me sluggish. And it's really hard for me to kind of focus. So that's why I would argue like, hey, let's just get over with it and have more summer and just have this like fast paced semester where it's all done and then you get to do whatever you want. I don't know like what the instructors think. <laughs> well, before we, maybe before we jump in, does Carson or Kayla, do you want to respond to that at all? Does that make sense or? I feel like if you take away spring break, your assignments get like, you don't get that time to catch up and therefore it's you're probably going to be having a lot more like anxiety and just stress when you had spring break you're like oh my god it's like people who are like behind this there again it's like i can catch up and it's true that if you uh if you got rid of those the spring break it would school would go by you know faster but the problem is it would be affecting students like mental health and I don't know if anyone would want that the, the break to go away if you know you're sacrificing your you know happiness for it. Because when you're behind on stuff and they just keep throwing stuff at you like for calculus three, and you never get like you never get a chance in order to like you, you just have to like just move on like for all your like calculus three stuff like you can't focus on the stuff in the past and then you just again anxiety and stress because you're just gonna get, keep on. Um, through well, if that I, makes sense it does it does and what i'm hearing from both of you is the this need for something to look forward to carson would just like to look forward to it a little bit earlier 
right? And 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 Mana's looking at this delayed gratification as like really delayed until the end of the semester where we can, um, you know, partake in the activities that are outside of our academics. But I think Carson's making a strong point about, you know, the workload and making sure that we're pacing this out and having the balance of breaks and, and, and work time. From an institutional view, Daniel, you know, you, you're on a committee that works with the calendar and um, thinks about these things. What, what are those conversations like? And also as an instructor, what, what do you feel about spring break? How do you feel about it? Yeah, so um, just from an institutional viewpoint, the conversation often emerges around um, what's been brought up about the idea of um, lengthening a semester and like the, the research has shown that student success increases when semesters are shortened um, and when there's not breaks. So there is some research to back that up. And that's often where the conversation comes about. The conversation also comes about like with uh, sort of the other exhaustions we have in our lives in terms of syncing up with children's breaks and things like that and and uh, keeping in mind and that's one hard thing with spring break because no one ever agrees on when it happens and so it's hard to sync up in a meaningful way um, whereas like the thanksgiving week conversations are more along those um, uh, lines where it's those could sync up better um, and sort of just like personally i'm a little more neutral to negative about spring break in that sense, I, I really like uh, to jump off of some of these conversations. I like the idea of spring break potentially being reflective. Um, I think that's powerful. I think the, the part of that, though, is in terms of teaching, like most instructors don't see it that way. And I think that's like if there was an, an institutional like buy into creating a reflective structure during that week, I think that'd be valuable. I think what ends up happening often is because there's a, a week off, instructors assign more stuff during as as students are coming back from break um, and it creates just more work in some ways as then spring break also creates um, some uh, stresses around other aspects of exhaustion, like family necessities, lengthy and costly travel, other things that don't aren't rest that are restful from learning and teaching, um, but not might not be restful sort of going into the rest of the semester necessarily. And so, and then coming back to a giant uh, load of work for students or instructors. So I think I think if we rethought uh, what spring break was along reflective lines, I think that'd be good. But I think that's just seen as a let's do all the work we didn't get done, which isn't as relaxing often. Yeah, I don't know about you, Daniel, but I feel like leading up to spring break, my decision is, OK, if I make stuff do right before spring break happens, then my students can actually get a break, but then I'm grading the whole time versus I make stuff do right after spring break. Well, then I don't have to do the grading, but that means they're going to be working the whole time or not. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's that's always a dilemma for me. But I, I feel like what I'm faced with work on spring break, spring break is always work for me. It's never a break for me. Yeah, and I would I would add to that the, the calendars lining up. Yeah, with the K through 12 and, and the local school districts, we're, we're not having enough conversations with them, right? And and making sure that these things line up because not, not just as instructors here, but there's a lot of students that also have younger siblings or their own children. And I remember that uh, the spring break for my kids' school and, my, and Miracosta lined up for the first time last year. And it was like, 
all the stars aligning, you know, and it was, it felt really good. And it was like, oh my God, we're actually going to have a week off together. Cause it's usually they have two weeks off. Right. And then we have a week off, but they're, they're, they're staggered. So it's like their two weeks and then my week or my week. And then their two weeks. And that causes a situation where Curry, it is, it is more work, but a different kind of work. So, you know, when you hear a little bit about the institutional processes here, Kayla, like what, what, what are you thinking about, about these decisions being made, you know, kind of behind closed doors and, and, and students aren't really privy or, or they're not really invited into these conversations about when and how these things happen? Yeah, I feel like students should be involved in the conversation. It's kind of hard because there are a lot of students. So I feel like there has to be a way to sort of organize a conversation that's like not like everyone shouting at each other. But I, I think they should have an input. And I feel like Mana made some good points um, and Daniel as well about I actually didn't know that having longer semester or like a shorter semester would lead to more success for students. And I totally understand the idea of having a shorter semester and then having a longer summer um, because you also get to look forward to that as well. But I feel like, I don't know, what if we had like a long weekend or maybe like two consecutive long weekends rather than a spring break so that teachers don't have to grade and then, you know, it doesn't have to be like students get the week off, but teachers don't or vice versa. I don't know. I feel like maybe something that could cater to both parties would be better than just getting rid of it or just keeping it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, what I hear there, Kayla, and I hear this in other conversations, not necessarily focused on breaks, but it's the reality we're all experiencing with this remote learning we've all gone through, all of us teachers and students are figuring out how to do this brand new, whether no matter how long we've been teaching or learning. And so we're all feeling this, this fatigue, right? So, so we, we're, we're saying we need more time. Like, and, and Carson, I hear you like, you know, we're feeling anxious. And so breaks will help manage that for sure. But that doesn't mean just because of this sort of experience of teaching remotely that that hasn't always been true. We kind of overwhelm ourselves with workloads. And in fact, you know, one way to look at teaching and learning from a cynical point of view is we just trade labor with each other. Like I give you all homework, so I'm free for a little while. And then you give me all content to grade. And now I'm busy for a while and you're free, right? Um, but I think this is essential. And I really like what the way you're thinking about this, Kayla, like breaks or no breaks, we need to be thinking about how to pace, how to uh, be mindful of each other's labor um, and build that into instruction and learning and, and create space and acknowledge it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that spring breaks are necessary in terms of utilitarianism because you're doing the good for the most amount of people. The students are, that's, there's more students than teachers are here. And in terms of utilitarianism, it should be, I think spring break is the best choice to have because you're benefiting that party the most. Yeah, I, I like this point of um, doing the most good for the most amount of people because it makes me think of, would we need spring break if we said no email or student contact from instructors after 5 p.m. on weekdays? And no Ever. email or work um, for anybody between 
5 p.m. on Friday and 8 a.m. on Monday. Now, but right no matter what and, and but but here's the thing with that is that uh, you know as an open access institution as a a community college that we accept 100% of the people that apply right so when you come into miracosta you're coming in maybe working the graveyard shift maybe you work all during the week and the time for you to do your homework is on the weekends so i guess my my point here is would we do better as an institution if we had these established times? Like we said, this is our culture. After 5 p.m., don't expect anything from anybody. On the weekends, don't expect anything from anybody. Or is that, as Carson's pointing out, is that not doing the most good for the most amount of people? I feel like that I won't be doing the most good. I, When I was at Miracosta, my teachers, um, I didn't expect them to respond to me on the weekends. Um, I know a lot of students take the weekends to catch up on their homework or study. That's mostly what I did. But when I would email my teachers a question on the weekend and they would respond to me, a lot of them would. And I would think, wow, like, what a great teacher. They're responding to me on the weekends and they're taking time to help me out. And, you know, I think if they just said, you know, don't, expect a response on the weekend I'd be okay with that but I feel like during the weekday like if we say after five we're not going to respond to emails or anything I feel like that would maybe be a little too strict and make it feel like the relationship between the students and teachers isn't as open I know like my experience with Miracosta all the teachers were super like it, it just felt that the relationship was wasn't like super strict it was that we could communicate with them openly and um they were all extremely nice so i don't know i feel like having that timeline on the weekdays would be a little too much i appreciate so, that i i appreciate that response it, it's just you know and and maybe daniel curry you could talk about this a little bit there's you know this issue of boundaries right and what we do is as teachers, the work is never done, right? And as a student, your work is never done either. And are we kind of perpetuating this culture of like always on and always available to the detriment of maybe other parts of our lives as students and as, as teachers? Or, you know, is it is it as you're saying, like it is a better relationship building process when we can be available um, when we can or at all times or most of the time? You know, because, you know, answering an email from a student while I'm having dinner with my daughter, maybe maybe I'm losing out on something there while the student may be gaining something. I'm thinking I'm a better teacher because I'm doing that, but they don't know the full story. And if they did, it would probably be like, well, no, I, I would like you to have that time for your family as well as, you know, respond to me in a timely manner when you can. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's that's what I was thinking about as well. I mean, if I were a teacher, I would also want to have time for my students, but also time for my family. So it's hard. It's hard to balance that out. So definitely understand that. <laughs> you mind if if I jump in, uh, anyone? So um, this has got me thinking. So I was reading in preparation for this. I found some article 
there was uh, talking about a CDC report showing that uh, during the pandemic, which I think, of course, is another layer to this conversation and like Curry was saying around digital teaching and sort of distance learning and what that means, I was reading an article that was suggesting that rates of uh, struggles with mental health have increased for students. It was trying to tie that to not having a traditional spring break. I, I think it didn't really do that well. But one thing it got me thinking about what that a lot of these conversations right now are too is um, in my English 202 class, I introduced um, Theodore Adorno, who's kind of a grumpy guy that hated popular culture. Um, but one thing that he hated was this concept of guilty pleasure. Um, and so what he he defined guilty pleasure as is basically we work really hard and miserably and then get two hours to ourselves to watch I Love Lucy at night. He was writing long time, a long time ago. Um, and so that was like our outlet. But what he said was that that, that would pacify people and not make people rethink the entire structure. Um, and like, and I think because that's where the crossroads is to me, that spring break is super important for that component of mental health. But I think in terms of these other conversations, it it uh, pushes under the rug some of the other larger institutional teaching and learning changes that would have to happen, um, that should happen, that may then make spring break less important. So in the system we have now, spring break has a sort of foundational importance as a guilty pleasure. But like, what would it look like for, for school to be pleasure and excitement and energy versus like, ah, everything is overwhelming and now I need this moment? Yeah, totally. So thinking about the systems of teaching and learning, we often use this language of class community and we want to, we want to engender a healthy class culture. And usually when we say things like that, we, we're describing this sense of all of us belong here. So we're all in this together. We want to be doing calculus three, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then by class culture, we often mean like rhythms, right? So we, we warm up, we ask questions, we do some homework, we study, right? And so these patterns that we, we foster in our class culture, they help us all towards success. But so, Sean, what you're you're raising here, and and kind of this notion of a guilty guilty pleasure, is we all all of a sudden realize we need breaks from that. We need a break from our class community. We need a break from our class culture. Which Daniel, you're making me think of like, well, are we even taught? Like, are we reflecting well enough on these communities and cultures that we're fostering? Right. Um, what do you, Carson? What do you think about that? So, we're looking at, at spring break as a guilty pleasure. And we want to make it so that the school year is we can get rid of that, that guilty pleasure and make the school school year more energetic and fun and exciting. Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, maybe or or by not relying on spring break. And this is to Daniel's point. Okay. Maybe it allows yeah. us to think more about how do we have better communities, better cultures so we don't feel overwhelmed, fatigued, anxious. Honest, honestly, the only way you can make it so that school culture would be less overwhelming would be to extend how much school you have to make it so that students have more time to turn in assignments and to take in the material. But the problem with that is you're in school for, you know, for a longer period of time and therefore it's, you know, cuts down on your summer, some of your summer break, or at least you go into that. And I don't know. I, I would feel like people wouldn't like that idea. 
in order to, because that's the, the only way to make the fix to make school culture better is to extend it. But at the same time, you're cutting into something that people also love. It's, you know, you can't have both things. So, yeah, with that, I, I think of Daniel, I, I like what you brought up with this guilty pleasure and this idea of like, we can't question or we, we were unable to question the structure because we're kind of pacified with these small blocks of time that give us something, you know, rather than nothing, but then it kind of distracts us from, you know, looking at it in totality. Right. And I think about self-care, right. And how, you know, adding self-care into your life is something that is heavily promoted in our culture and our society today. When I look at the things that define self-care, like exercising or, you know, meditating or, um, you know, uh, uh, just artistic uh, endeavors, things like that. When I think about that, it's like, why is self-care additive, right? Like that should just be part of the everyday fabric of our lives, right? It should just be things, it, it shouldn't even be considered its own category outside of what we do. It should be part of what we do. And so like Mana, I, I, I have this question for you, it is if we got rid of spring break and we're questioning the whole structure of this now and we're looking at, okay, we may have a shorter semester, um, how do we integrate those things into our lives that maybe spring break is the guilty pleasure that we're looking for? And how do we, um, how, how do you as students organize your lives with this different schedule when you don't have this thing to look forward to, to kind of get it all out or to, to finally take a break and you could just integrate those breaks and, and, and that time for yourselves that you need throughout a shorter semester. Well, I think I would just compare, compare like that workload to fall semester's workload. Again, I know we do have that short break towards the end, at the same time, I feel like we have to pace ourselves until we get to that point. So I would just do whatever I would usually do during the fall. But I do agree with um, Daniel that there is this underlying problem that we kind of need to fix it. We don't have to really, you know, Sean, like you said, we don't have to add it to our lives. So that's say, oh, you have to take care of yourselves. And I think that's just something way bigger than our topic is just something that's happening in, in the United States. And it's just the amount of workload and the labor that we put in and that we, we never have enough time for ourselves. And then we just try to incorporate that free time and that um, break in between so that we can actually, and it's not just to kind of take care of ourselves, it's just to continue on working <laughs> and not to burn out. So I just feel like you know, spring break here is not the issue. It's just the the practices that we have that lead to all, you know, daily burnouts and how we just need to recharge every day and we don't have that just in our lives. That's just not how we function, I guess, in America. So I feel like as far as fixing the culture, like if we got rid of spring break, I feel like there is a way to definitely lower the chance of being burnt out or overwhelmed. And Carson made a good point in saying to extend the semester, um, which I understand that it would give students more time to get things done. At the same time, personally, I feel like that would give me more time to forget. But maybe if we kept the semester the same length and got rid of spring break, what if we sort of revised 
the way that I, I guess teachers are teaching and, you know, the amount of assignments. Um, for example, some of my classes, the way that some of them are in person, and I do have a class where we have video modules that we have three of them we have to watch each week. So those are our lectures. We can do them on our own time. Um, and so that's really helpful. I also have that same class in person three days a week. And so what we do is we watch the video modules on our own time. And then during class, which is only an hour, three times a week, uh, we review, we ask questions, we elaborate on what we've learned. For me, I think that that is the best way. We don't have homework. We have one mini lab. It's a cognitive psychology class. So we have one mini lab each week that helps us kind of go over what we've learned and integrate it into our minds. So I feel like if we did something like that, change the structure a little bit to where we have less work overall, maybe spring, maybe getting rid of spring break wouldn't be so horrible or so overwhelming. <laughs> okay, I so... The problem is for classes, you, some classes, you can't really lessen the workload because all of it is necessary in order for you to, you know, you, that's all the information that you have to take away from class. Like for calculus three, like everything that we've been learning, I don't think he could really, like if he decreases the amount of problems that we do, we might not get like the understanding that we need in order to have before tests. If you decrease the workload, you're making it so you're not going to get the most out of class. Like you're not going to have a good like understanding on all the concepts that you have learned, or you're not going to get all the concepts down that you're supposed to learn because he has, they've cut down the work, which makes it, you know, maybe it makes it easier on you. But when you're like going to transfer to somewhere else, like you're going to wish that she had, he actually kept in like some concepts that were excluded because I've had that happen for, uh, it's actually entering into this class. Like, like you was talking about, I don't know, like something about finding maximum slope. Like a lot of the, the students never, uh, learned about it when they came into calculus three, which, because it was left out at calculus two, because I didn't have, he was like, it was, it wasn't important. And then now they're like struggling now. I see. Yeah. That's, that's a good example you know if if let's say there's a requirement for you to take calc 3 maybe um all the advisors should know that you're not allowed to take a take another class that has maybe a similar workload um maybe there's like a i don't know a maximum or a minimum of credits that you're allowed to take during a semester i think there are a lot of things that we can do I feel like it's super detailed and in, and there are like a lot of conversations around that. But I think like both Carson and Kayla, you know, have valid points and how we kind of need to balance that out and find ways where it's just you get to learn everything that you need to learn. But at the same time, it's not overwhelming and you don't you, you don't feel burnout, uh, burnt out like often. And, and they could be broken up, right? Like those classes could be broken up in different ways, maybe shorter classes for all of that material instead of all of it in one class. I, I think the, the, what everybody's making me think of here is the, the idea of learning versus time demand. And, you know, I've had classes, and I'm sure you have too, where I worked on it an hour or two a week, right? And then we've had classes where it's like six to eight hours a week, 
just just to get by, right? But when I reflect on those classes, sometimes those those classes that didn't require as much work, I learned a lot more and maybe the learning was deeper. And those other classes, I was just trying to cover everything that I could and make sure that I am good for the test and lose a lot of that in the subsequent months. Does that make sense? And so that that to me is something that I think about too, when we think about process versus outcome and just like the idea of, of are we doing things to make sure that we cover every single thing because of this idea of being prepared for the next level? Or are we doing things to really build those communities and, and, and have people learn in a deeper way because they want to come to class and they know that the one or two hours that they do spend are going to get to those places. And, and that's not universal, right? One, you can have an hour or two workload in a class and not learn much in that class. And you can have six to eight hours in another class and learn a ton. So it's not, it, there's no rules, I guess, when it comes to this. I'm just thinking that not, not always like those classes that were the most rigorous or difficult were always the ones where I learned the most. I agree uh, with that. Sorry, <laughs> go on. No, I was just saying, I didn't mean to mic drop there. Anybody could jump in. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was great. I, I was just going to add that I've had classes where Usually it was a math class where I've spent hours and hours studying and doing homework and I don't know, just so much, I call it busy work. Cause I thought like, why do we have to spend like five hours doing a hundred solutions? Um, but there were classes like that where I just never learned <laughs> and maybe I was just not really good at math. But um, I've also had classes where they were heavily science-based and you had to understand these processes that were sort of complicated and I've spent maybe like three to four hours a week for those classes and I learned more doing less homework and assignments than I learned in a math class doing more homework and assignments. I guess the amount of time that I spent in study groups was a lot more effective so I think that's why maybe the amount of time for me was less and I was able to learn more but I, I agree with what you said Sean, like the, depends on the class and it's, I don't know, it's weird <laughs> for each class. <laughs> and if, if I, oh, Curry, if you want to, um, oh, cool. Um, so, and, and cause that, because what Kayla was just saying there is, is sort of what I worry, like instructors being mindful of these things, like around, hey, maybe this is just overwhelming because I, I don't feel like I'm good at math. And I like that, that is never the response we we want because it's it's not like fundamentally true. Um, and that's because I'm thinking I come, before Mayor Coast, I was teaching UC Riverside that was on the quarter system. Um, and so that it was broken down and it was 10 weeks and there, there was always a sense of urgency, but it, the flow always felt a little better to me. And spring break in that sense came between two quarters. So we didn't have to worry about anything being broken up because it was a break, like a winter break, basically between two quarters, which was nice. And so we never, I never even thought of this until being here where the semester is broken up in that way too. And so I think it's a matter of, yeah, that mindfulness about how time is being organized and um, not allowing that sort of, because uh, uh, that's often whenever in like a, in committee work I'm in, quarters are brought up. It's it's that, well, we have too much, we have too much content to get to. So we couldn't, but like, how could we reorganize that time? And I think part of these conversations have been because the the distance learning now time is so different and that's why one thing i i think breaks have lost meaning because now 
because you can watch videos at any time and things like that, like there's no instructors are like Monday holidays. Well, if there's no synchronous meeting, well, you can still do the work. And so there's not really any boundaries in that way anymore anyways. And so I think it's just like in as instructors too, being mindful about how we're organizing the time because I'm sure lots of students had like stuff due during spring breaks now, just because there wasn't no, there's no class meetings in a lot of contexts anyways, too. Totally, totally. And like, I think of summer, I teach summer session often and 4th of July is always the, when is that day going to land? And in an asynchronous class, I could just ignore it. It doesn't matter. Like just, we have our normal schedule, but I try to be mindful because I know 4th of July, a lot of folks are going to be wanting to hang out and not you know, doing English. Um, but I want to, I want to nudge a little bit, Daniel, just, and, and I'm, I'm interested mostly just in, in, in an answer uh, to Carson's point earlier. If we're going to think about breaks and, and how like the times so or the Carnegie unit of a class, right. That, that prescribes a certain amount of hours in a room and then hours in homework. If we're thinking about this, but thinking about these courses that do demand a lot of cognitive labor, like a Calc three class, Daniel, are you, these committees that are talking about academic calendars ever talking directly to folks on like courses and programs like that? Is there ever that cross communication between maybe if we align our program for math or for English, then we can think about freeing up time, et cetera. Does that ever happen? No, not really. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, one of the primary reasons is because those conversations go first to like at the level of uh, the 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 larger level of who can make these de decisions, like not departments, but at an institutional level. And the problem always becomes like the, the idea, for instance, of like a series of longer weekends that Kayla brought up earlier, that is something that like percolates sometimes, but then the 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 answer is always well there's mandated numbers there's uh, the the i don't even know what these are so students if you don't know what an lhe and things are it's fine uh, but there are these things these like math things that then are thrown in of to why that because then some classes are losing time and others aren't and and it becomes so complex that that's usually like uh the it's a larger math algorithm that seems to rule the conversation often and so spring break like institutionally i don't think is necessarily thought of as so much a time for students to rest as it is like a necessity because of the numbers that are panning out too um and so i think that's that's primarily part of the conversation but no there isn't um uh, because I think the way that that has been thought about is so much department based. And so and I think it's it's split too much right now between like humanity, more humanities based departments that think we can reorganize time differently. And we have with different courses and then the maths and sciences that really are, are want to construct as much content as they can in that time um, and that are more content based in that way. And I think that's the been the difficulty of the communication within there as there's also the larger institutional layer of like how the numbers work out in the end too. So, so this is a system. <laughs> We're stuck in a system. <laughs> Can we change the system? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's always the question, right? I feel like, I feel like when classes are so difficult and so time consuming, it creates a hierarchy of subjects, right? And a hierarchy of majors and a hierarchy of courses. You know, if you're taking these courses and you're doing well, then, then that's a good thing. And it also kind of equates to the idea of difficulty, struggle and more work equals somehow better, right? 
And when we have that, it's interesting because I know somebody who is a poet and she works when she works. She works when she, she to, just to provide for her needs and she travels the world and she does whatever she wants. And she is probably one of the two happiest people I know, the other one being my mom. And my mom works a lot and, and struggles a lot. But my point here is that, you know, more work doesn't mean better life or that people are intrinsically or, or extrinsically better than anybody else, right? We know that. We, we know that if we think about it. But somehow, if I work harder on this and longer and I really struggled through it, somehow it is better or it's more highly prioritized. And it's just kind of really in opposition to the idea of when I say spring break's coming up, people smile, right? And what, what is that? That we have a connotation with spring break, spring, alive, flowers in bloom, happy, good things. But it's also so I can recoup from all this damn work I've been doing. So if we, if, if we were able to spread the happiness throughout a semester, I'm getting really weird right now, but if we were able to do that, maybe, maybe, maybe life can be better and, and less rigorous and less, less taxing overall, instead of always looking forward to a break from life, life can just be, life can be spring break. You're saying instead of a week of jello shots, it should be a jello shot per week. Is what I'm not saying. advocating for any of this. I'm not condoning any alcohol. Oh, jello. I like maybe what you're saying. <laughs> we need to work smarter, not harder. <laughs> facts. It's actually facts though. Awesome. Did anybody move at all? So we came in with some thoughts. We came in with some research. Are we at least entertaining new points we hadn't thought of or just we're in our space and we know why? Carson, you want to you share? You want to start us off? I think that spring break is, I, I'm not going to change from my position. It's two weeks. Gives you time to catch up for your assignments. You need it to make sure that you're mentally like like happy, like your mental health is still intact. Because if you could keep continuing, it's like at a job. It's like if you don't get a break at your job and they just work you from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you're just going to be super depressed like after a job. But if you have a break somewhere in between, like a lunch, then you're not going to be like depressed after. You'll probably be in a better mood. But I do see the other point, which is the having a, a day, like maybe, you know, an extra day, like three-day weekends that could be like a you spread it out and that way you make it so that but, but if you spread out the, the days for the weekends and stuff doesn't that still mean that you're you're getting your spring break and does that make sense yeah i i would see that 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 would probably make it so that like you'd be focused more for your classes and stuff and you wouldn't because you'd have like time to relax just like on the weekends and stuff and then you like for spring break it's like for two weeks you break it up. That means students are still like going to be focused like after after the weekends because they don't have like a huge amount of time just to like you know just to guess goof off and just party whatever. Like I can see the other point that they were, that you guys are making, but uh, yeah, I still stand with stream break. I don't know if anyone else has changed. Um, I'm I'm a little bit. I guess I'm like in the middle. Um, I'd still like to have a spring break. At the same time, I'm sort of just thinking about myself. If I think about the teachers as well, well, I'd say, okay, well, how can we make spring break better for the teachers as well so that they're not grading? And 
I don't know. I, I feel like I still want it, but if if the way academics and the structure was like reformed a little bit and I feel like then I, I'd be okay if we didn't have a spring break and had a longer summer. So I guess I'm just in the middle. <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, I still kind of prefer not to have spring break. I'm not going to lie, but I feel like um, both Carson and Kayla got me thinking, like, especially Kayla, your point of, you know, that having that long weekend, I'm just like, you know, maybe that's something we can think about. Or, you know, your other point where you're like, yeah, we have to think about our teachers as well, our instructors, you know, it's not just us doing the work. Uh, I never really thought of it <laughs> before today. So I feel like, you know, <laughs> um, it's really good that we talked about it. And, you know, as students, we can kind of see the other side and what's taking place. And that way we can be like, okay, let's just be more supportive and just um, be more informed and know what's happening and just not only think about ourselves, but just like the whole community, the whole college, everyone who takes part in it. And just one more thing, if I can add on, just if we do the, uh, I've been thinking about it. If you do the, uh, the three day weekends, you're going to make it so that school is going to last just the same amount of time with the spring break. If I'm not mistaken, because you would have to make it so that you'd have to add on days. But you'd have to make it last longer in order for students to cover the material. Wait, hold on. I don't, does that make sense? Does this that is that sense? puzzle that Daniel's talking about. Yeah, because yeah, if I could, because I was... Yeah, I was thinking about that. And and just to, to answer the, the larger question of... I was already sort of neutral, but um, Carson and... Kayla really articulated, I think, why I'm neutral, because I think in this system, spring break has an important necessity. But I and the, the harder part is, how do we destroy that system to think like and, and have that change where we don't need yeah. it? But but that too, with the, the Fridays, because I was thinking like that, cre that gets us thinking about more I hate on demand, the term on demand, but that kind of teaching where because we have to look at like, Friday classes are generally only Friday classes. They're only on Fridays. And so who's taking those courses? And because the, then because then they'll say, well, we can't have three-day weekends because those courses will be affected. But a lot of students that are taking courses on Friday can't take it other days. So they already have those breaks built into the week or, or something like that. And so that's where it gets super complex because yeah. theoretically we don't have to redo the time. It just depends on what kind what students are taking Friday classes versus are taking the Monday and the, the Tuesday classes um, too. And it's more complex. And that's why I think it's often not addressed because it, as any large institutional structure, it's hard to think like once you get down to that level, no one really wants to budge. And then asynchronous classes, right, Daniel? So then it's like the breaks are kind of wherever people want to have their breaks and, you know, uh, with respect to the deadlines, of course, right? Um, I'm just going to say as far as moving one way or another, I, I didn't, I, I didn't um, have a specific preference, but I will say I do prefer cleaning every day, 30 minutes, like cleaning up my house, as opposed to that spring cleaning bullshit, because I'm not, no, that's, that's not fucking cool at all. Good point. Good point. Um, I'm so happy to be reminded of Ordona. That, that's where I'm at. I'm going to go do my Ordona reading. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. This was a really rich, awesome discussion. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was, this was really interesting. Good to hear all sides. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Thanks.
Thank, Thank you. you. Students and faculty engage topics. Dangerous topics need a safe space. The Safe Topics podcast is produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia handles our social media, promotion, and research. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.